Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect is? Well, I'll is? tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, well, I want to say one thing. Uh, Bruno was an LA champion. You know? Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Apter, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did didn't have anything to do Well, yes, but the whole thing is that the rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Wrestling with history worldwide in the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. It's just like old times. The voice of choice, Bruce Ward. Killer Ken Resnick. No bill after today. Ken, what are we going to do? I mean, it's like the old adage, where's Waldo? Where's Bill? He's on assignment. <laughs> uh, his dinner, his, what, his dinner reservation ran late? No, we should that. say what it comes. We don't want fans to worry that Bruce and I have every indication, you know, best case, the charges are going to be dropped. Worst case, he'll be, you know, he let out on his own recognizance. So he'll be back, <laughs> <laughs> he could be just kidding <laughs> he could be wandering in the streets of philadelphia who knows who knows uh we we miss bill and uh, bill will be back next week we promise right here on wrestling with history and we're going to push roddy piper back another week so last week the hall of fame but we need the mailbag i mean this the the viewer and listener mail has been compiling piling up a absolutely but bruce before we get started Speaking about last week and, and Roddy, Roddy Piper, uh, it w I, I made a faux pas uh, uh -oh. and have, have got to own up to it. I mean, certainly here on Wrestling With History, we try to be absolutely accurate unless we're not trying to be. But last week, a, a loyal listener, a great wrestling fan, uh, wrestling historian, uh, Rich Eldridge from the Detroit area, Message me and let me know when I talked about one of the great movie lines of all time from Roddy Piper that I said, Roddy said, I'm here to do two things, chew gum and kick ass.
pardon me, and I'm all out of gum. And yeah. Rick correctly pointed out the line was bubble gum. Bubble Body gum. line was, I am here to do two things, chew bubble gum, kick ass, and I am all out of bubble gum. And I just refer to it as gum. Kudos to Rich for picking that up and calling me out. So uh, I humbly beg forgiveness and make the correction. Thank you, Rich. Thank you for, for correcting Killer Ken. Uh, Ken, the movie again? Um, I got you. Two weeks yeah, ago. you do. I'm thinking I'm blanking out. I was so kind. They live. That's it. I, you know, I remember the 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 line, but uh, in turn now it has been corrected, and we are 100% accurate. They How live. long that lasts is up to interpretation. All right, we're going to get through probably a shorter show today. We probably won't do a full hour, but we'll see what happens. We're going to get through some of the listener and viewer, if you're watching on premium comments and questions that have come in over the last few weeks. So we've got some good ones, so it might carry some conversation. And who knows, we might get to a full hour. Remember, you can interact with us by tweeting at VOC Nation. You can tweet at Resnick, v, Resnick After VOC. That's the official show Twitter. Or if you're looking at a wrestling website, like 411 Mania or WrestleZone or Wrestling News Headlines, just go into their comment section when you're reading the recap of the show, leave a comment and we find it there as well. So lots of way to do that. Uh, you can also email Bruce at VOCNation.com. So we make it very easy to interact with us and you seem to find us. And Ken loves the listener interaction, right, Ken? I do. I mean, I enjoy it. Yeah, you know, my philosophy is if someone takes the time to comment, be whether it be positive or negative, at least it means they're invested in listening to the show. So I, I, I really do. Uh, and I know, you know, I've kind of pushed for it. And you, you agreed that we try and start, you know, every show with talking about those comments, because I think it's, it, it, it's only right if the fans take time to listen and then take time to comment and let us know that we react to it and try and you know either answer questions or, or react to the the comments Ken and i when we first started this we did a sports radio style call-in format and we did that for over a year and i think ken just has an unscratched itch with those callers he he just misses hearing about like granny hulkster's dog and malcolm's autograph of the week and rat boy whatever he was doing uh, he just misses that, and and he likes he likes that interaction. Do you want to you want to go I, back to that? I Ken? love talking to to Granny Hulkster. Uh, it was someone I met when I was doing some wrestling down in um, Arkansas. She's a, a great great human being, great yes. family, great fan. So you know, don't don't make light. I always love when when Granny called in. I'm and not going to get she's you listening or watching. Uh, I hope Granny, you, Anthony, and David are doing well. Me too. We poke fun. We poke fun, but 
you know, I would rather die than do the call in stuff again. Anyway, we're here this week. We're going to do we're going to do mailbag. And remember, I gave you all those ways to interact with us. Let's start with Rayla 811. And she says, one of my favorite interviews was Bachwinkle and Heenan when Nick demonstrated the sleeper on Ken Resnick. I was laughing so hard by the end. We talked about that on the show a few weeks ago. Can you actually said you passed out, right? Or you, you, you I, I didn't about- pass out, but uh, I got, you know, very lightheaded and, um, you know, Nick had the sleeper and, you know, like anything, when you begin to, to get dizzy, you know, lightheaded, uh, you go a little limp. So, you know, Nick felt that uh, immediately let up and, and, you know, held me up while I regained my balance. But I, I absolutely got, uh, you know, lightheaded. And if he had kept it on, you know, I would have uh, certainly, you know, passed out. Now, is that I've, I've never understood the sleeper hold, the mechanics behind it. I didn't know if it was a legitimate move that can can actually hurt you but not kill you seems to me i'm just thinking about this as a human if they're cutting off blood to the carotid artery yeah. can't that kill you if if you don't let go well, in a certain period of time well yeah yeah and i mean the you know wrestlers you know like i said you can feel when that opponent goes limp and if you immediately release it i mean it, it's the, the same thing if you swim underwater while you're swimming underwater, you know, unless you've got, you know, uh, uh, oxygen, you know, with you, that period, the brain is deprived of, of oxygen. But, you know, it, it, it's not fatal because it's like, you know, all of us have swum underwater. And as soon as, you know, you run out of breath, you pop up, take a few deep breaths and you're fine. So, I, I mean, it certainly could if you, you know, continue to press down on the carotid artery and the, the brain is de- denied oxygen and, and blood flow. And remember, the carotid is more, you know, a blood flowing. Right, blood flow. So, you know, if you, the brain is denied oxygen, you know, for too long a period, it's game, set, match. Now, now, one thing I've always wondered about, and, and maybe you know this from your days doing play by play. The headlock versus the sleeper hold. The headlock, the, it, what is that designed to do versus that's just, the That's pressure on your temples. Temples, okay. You know, which has no effect whatsoever on blood supply, on oxygen. It just gives you, you know, a whale of a headache. <laughs> and it, truth be told, you know, whoever is applying the headlock, it it's somewhat restful just you know squeezing as opposed to your opponent where you've got a lot of weight lean on him and he's struggling to to break it uh so it's kind of you know old school doubly advantageous you know gives you a a bit of a rest you know get your legs back under you while your opponent is struggling to break it but that's the difference i mean it's just like now you know you take press on your temples for a minute you know you get the beginnings of a headache yeah yeah migraine but th- so i guess Even more than having to work with me right <laughs> well or bill um <laughs> just kidding bill so ken for the record just in case this is a follow-up question to anybody out there have you ever taken any other moves besides that sleeper hold uh in a match at the saint paul civic center um Sergeant Slaughter was wrestling Stan Hansen. 
Uh, and I was out there and I had not completely, but I'd like uh, ruptured kind of a, a tendon of my leg. So I was actually using uh, crutches and Stan Hansen knew that Sarge and I were very good friends away from the camera. You know, he knew my whole family and one of the, the people to, to this day, uh, you know, I, I, I love and adore uh, in the business. Sure. Um, and Stan had given Sarge a, a pretty good pummeling. Uh, if I remember, I, I, I could be, you know, misremembering, but I think he had nailed him a couple times with that infamous cowbell. And for whatever reason, Hanson rolled out of the ring, came around, grabbed me, threw me in the ring, picked me up and slammed me on top of Sarge, who kind of rolled over thinking it was Hanson and saw me and was like, what? <laughs> so yeah, that was the one other time. And again, uh, I, I've been anyone that sees me or gets a hold of me via social media to talk about that interview. No, it was not rehearsed. I had no idea it was coming. Um, it's on, uh, someone posted it to my Facebook page. I think it's amongst my Facebook photos where, you know, during the interview, Bobby, you know, the, the, the whole purpose of the interview, uh, this was the Ganya sleeper versus the Bockwinkle sleeper. Uh, Nick and Bobby were claiming, you know, Vern kind of put his on the front that it was really just a glorified chokehold where Nick's was just around the carotid artery, as we talked about, it cut off the blood supply to the brain, but you could still breathe. You were still getting, you know, oxygen. Um, and Bobby said, in fact, you know what, here, give me the mic for a sec. Nick, why don't you show him? And there's a picture of Nick applying the sleeper on me, and he's, you know, got my head, you know, at the angle, and, you know, he's, he's applying it. And you see this just you know what eating grin on Bobby Heenan, where I am 99.9% sure it was all Bobby's idea. I'm sure. I'm sure. And that was in the Bobby Heenan episode, by the way, for those that you want to go back and listen, if this is if this is the first time or you haven't listened in a few weeks. All right. Uh, the Raging Asian 92 says, I miss Ken Resnick. And that's a Twitter handle. I miss Ken Resnick. Hope he's doing well. Please let him know. I always appreciated his work as an announcer in the AWA and the WWF. I also saw him briefly in a ladies promotion, the LPWA. Seen several interviews with him. A great guy. So just kudos to Mr. Ken Resnick. But, I, but what I want to hang on there is the LPWA. A lot of people know the well, WWF. Well, first, before we get into that, let me, let me thank that fan. And, and, and what great insight he or she has. Yes, of course. Of course, Ken. <laughs> a lot of people know you from the AWA, the WWF, some from the AWF, but the LPWA is a, is a lesser known organization. All ladies really ahead of its time because the wrestling was kind of like what you see today with the women's revolution. So talk to us briefly about the LPWA and what we saw there. I uh, very much so. Uh, Torberg, uh, you know, got uh, investors and, and, and founded it. Uh, and when he reached out to me and, and we talked uh, and then they flew me out. Uh, and, and in fact, it, it was funny, the uh, kind of 
not really pilot episode, but but trailer that they could use back in those days. It was all syndication. There was no cable to send out to the stations to pique their interest. Uh, I did with Roddy Roddy Piper, which I, I, I don't think many people uh, know. Yeah, that's but, interesting. I didn't but, know that. But Tor uh, treated it absolute dead serious, uh, just like the the you know divas division uh, is is treated today. Uh, back then, David McLean also had women's wrestling promotion Glow, which yes. was n- not so much uh, about wrestling. Over but, the top. You know, I mean, uh, the LPWA, we, we had, uh, you know, Hall of Famers, Judy Martin and Lonnie Kai, uh, Medusa, you know, Candy Devine, Susan Sexton. Uh, and, and it was funny. Uh, it was also, uh, she really, she had been on Globe, but uh, Lisa Moretti, who would go on to be Ivory and yeah. a Hall of Famer in, in WWE, uh, debuted as Lisa Moretti, or uh, Tina Moretti. Tina Moretti. Uh, yeah. Tina Moretti in, in LPWA. Uh, and I have said this, and since, you know, we're talking about LPWA, to this day, that was one of the most memorable debuts I have ever witnessed huh. you know, talking about Tina Moretti. Uh, we were doing matches down at uh, Don Laughlin's uh, resort in Laughlin, Nevada. Uh, and we didn't, you know, Lisa had, you know, the looks, very intelligent, you know, good talker. We didn't know for sure how good her in-ring ability was having really just come from GLOW. Right. So, you know, we were, you know, booking the matches uh, and just, it was like needed someone so we could really kind of find out what we had in her. Uh, and Judy Martin, ever the, the veteran, you know, totally dedicated to the business, said, you know what, I'll work with her. I'll put her over. Uh, so, you know, we did it. You know, Judy came out. She was healing, you know, got the booze. And then Lisa came out. And she had come out from behind the curtain, began to walk down. I knew before she ever got in the ring, Bruce, she, she had that it factor. The crowd didn't know who she was, just her presence. They were totally, totally behind her. Um, the finish was going to be uh, a kind of wrap around uh, bodies. Uh, I can't think of the like a small package or no. Where she kind of wraps around uh, Judy. Oh, body body. scissors, maybe. Uh, No, uh, crucifix. 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 A wrap around crucifix. And to Judy's credit, when Lisa, you know, went for it, she had done a wonderful account of herself in the match. She missed it a little bit, and you could, you know, to those of us that you know knew the business. You could see Judy reach around, grab her leg and pull it up so she could get it clamped down. She rolled over, took Judy down, got the count of three, and the crowd just went 
wild. Nice. In her first match, Tor talked about it. We knew we had something in her. Of course, at the time, couldn't have envisioned her going on to be a WWE Hall of Famer, but you knew she had that it factor that, and you've been around the business long enough. You can have a great talker, great in-ring worker. They can be combined, but for whatever reason, they just don't get over with the fans. We knew Lisa had that from the very get-go. And uh, so LPWA, so it started in 89, uh, big pay-per-view on uh, February 23rd, 1992 from the Mayo Civic Center in Rochester, Minnesota. Actually, the main event of that show, Terry Power defeated Lady X for the championship. Terry Power went on to the WWE as well as Tori, not Tori Wilson, but Tori, she spent some time with X-Pac as well. So a couple, you know, pretty decent stars from from later on started right here in the LPWA. Oh, sure. And, uh, you know, we had her uh, on our show back when uh, Malia Hosaka got her start uh, and is still, you know, wrestling today, which just astounds me. Uh, and, and having seen her wrestle, I mean, unlike a lot of veterans, she more than takes her share of, of bumps. So, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you know, Judy Martin, Lonnie Kai, we had Medusa, uh, you know, Susan Sexton, Tina Moretti uh terry power i mean there were some pretty big names uh but the problem was as you said it was a little bit ahead of its time and it had to be syndicated in every market i mean we got on madison square garden network wow but the problem was the syndication was expensive you know time consuming you had to reach out to every single station but even, you know, and I was involved in, in, in a lot of that, but talking to a lot of program directors, the feedback we got is, you know, we would send out a couple sample shows. Uh, they said, you know what, it's a great show, the production value, everything is great, but we just can't put women beating up women on, <laughs> you know, because, you know, this was, you know, 1990 and, and you just didn't do those things. So there was just enough resistance where you couldn't really, you know, keep it going uh, financially. And so I, I never realized all the talent. A lot of the, the distribution was done by VHS back in this day, only that one pay-per-view. But you look at some of the other talent that they had come through there. Wally Carbo is the commissioner from the AWA. You had Adnan LKC, who who we all know as General Adnan, was a manager. Also, Norman the Lunatic, who Mike Shaw, who was also Bastion Booker in WWE. And, and, and look at the two guys I had doing color with me, Nick Bockwinkle yep. and Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter. Right, Jim Cornette, Joe Pettisino. Yep. And Bonnie Blackstone, who was also part of NWA TV. She was, I think she is married to Joe Pettisino. So, very well, the, the late Joe Pettisino, he passed away about a year ago, maybe. That's that's right. We actually talked about that on the air. So uh, the late Joe Pettisino was married, but yeah, big talent and just didn't didn't catch on. And in today's day and age, I bet you it would have been something much much bigger. Well, 
you know, I, I don't think it's completely accurate to, to say it didn't catch on. I mean, it didn't become huge. Right, right. Because in the in the stations we were on, they were very happy, uh, did very respectable numbers. But, you know, for advertising, as you well know, you have to have a certain percentage of the country able to view a national ad to, to sell it. And it just we just couldn't get enough stations around the country to to take it to make it sustainable but it was a great great product a three-year run for you there right yeah awesome all right thanks for that thanks for that comment uh by the raging asian 92 on twitter uh here's the somebody the, that wanted the perceptive Raging. The Asian. perceptive raging, raging Asian. Let, let's do this. I have somebody that wants to take issue with you, Ken, and your recollection of a timeline. And we'll do that on the other side of the break. I want to remind everybody before we go to this commercial to uh, consider signing up for VOC Nation Premium. Most of the money goes to our talent here. Uh, the network doesn't hold back much at all. And it helps uh, us provide you people like Bill Apter, Ken Resnick, Shelly Martinez, the maestro, Wes Briscoe, and on and on and on, Manny Fernandez. I, Manny's our top drawing show, and I never, I forget to mention him because he's the newest member of the group. But just consider spending $3 a month on VOC Nation Premium. Either go to patreon.com slash VOC Nation or premium.vocnation.com. Find us there. You get all of our shows commercial free, and you get uh, the shows that do video like this one. You get the full video. You don't have to, uh, well, you don't get any other way to watch video now. So to consider that, and uh, we really appreciate when you do. We'll be right back on the other side of the break. This is Wrestling With History Worldwide on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. VOC Nation takes wrestling fans behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Get stories and inside information from people who worked on the other side of the curtain. Follow the VOC Nation Wrestling Network podcast feed and get weekly shows from hosts like Bill After, The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, Ken Resnick, The Maestro, Shelly Martinez, Wes Briscoe, and more. Visit VOCNation.com for more information and follow us on Twitter at VOCNation. Wrestling with history worldwide in the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. The voice of choice, Bruce Wirt, but the, the real headliner is Killer Ken Resnick. No Bill after today. We're sorry to disappoint you. Bill is on assignment, Ken. Well, wait a minute. You're the head of VOC. You know, let's let's get a little investigative journalism here. What assignment is that? Um, I the think he was last seen wandering nude in the streets. Of, no, no, I'm just kidding. Bill is somewhere in America covering wrestling. He, he could be still down at WrestleMania. We don't know. We don't. He won't tell us what the assignment is, but um, I'm sure we'll talk about it when he returns next week. Uh, Ken, I got a person. I, I say a guy, I think it's a guy. I got a person that wanted to take exception to something you said and challenge you, your own personal timeline, your own personal history. Well, I, but before you get into it, I, 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 I side with the listener. I can't even remember what, you know, today's Tuesday, right? <laughs> so anybody's got an issue with my timeline. You're probably right. <laughs> Daniel, 8583, uh, says... VOC Nation Wrestling Network. Uh, I don't know why that's in there first. Gene made his WWF debut with Hogan in St. Louis at the end of December 1983. 
Here is footage of Gene still in the AWA on September the 25th, 1983. And then he puts a link in there. Ken did say what he said very clearly, but his timeline isn't right. And uh, there's another one that I didn't copy over, Ken. Essentially, what he was saying in this post, if I remember back to the first one, he was challenging that Hogan was still there in the AWA when you got there. He said, by the time that you got there, Hogan and Gene had both left. And then I responded to the comment and said, Gene had left, but Hogan was still there. And there's even tape of you and Hogan in the AWA. So, Oh, I mean, I got... Uh, there's a group, I still have a group picture uh, early on in the AWA. We were doing the Battle Royals uh, with Hulk, with Andre, with Otto Vaughn, Superstar Graham. You know, uh, as I said, Gene left shortly after I got there, but Hulk was absolutely still there. Uh, even back in the AWA was where he first gave me the nickname, you know, Killer Ken. Uh, but then made a big deal of it when I went to WWF. So uh, I, I stand by that. And uh, Hulk was absolutely positively still there. I mean, we've talked about him kind of picking me up on it, uh, our first trip to Winnipeg and kind of smartening up on a couple things. So, I, I mean, it, Hulk was absolutely still there. So on, on that, uh, I'm right. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're right. I know you're right. I have to when I when I make that response, because I, I did say we'd cover it on the show. Just I will find a clip. Yeah. What we're going to do is, Daniel, if you stop being cheap, spend the three dollars for premium. I'm going to put I'm going to superimpose a clip of Ken and Hogan in the AWA. And that'll put it to rest. Challenging your wrestling knowledge, Daniel. You think you're an expert. All right. Moving on. One, uh, one of the rare times I, I, I was called out but turned out i was actually right <laughs> you're right you're right yeah geez ken don't get married because it happens all the time and, <laughs> and you know you're right you're still wrong uh ron from camden new jersey did ken like working with slick any good stories the doctor of style ken was he around when you were in the wwf oh, yes absolutely uh i love working with slick, slick uh in fact we were going out to do a show in uh, L.A., uh, and Slick and I sat together for a long flight. Uh, he was great. Uh, we're, we're friends uh, on Facebook, uh, and he is and continues to be uh, either a, I think he, he's a minister. I was going to say priest, but uh, I mean, he is a practicing uh, minister uh, at a church. Uh, so slick was great i think he's in he's in kentucky right he's in he's in louisville uh i want to say texas but i'm not a hundred percent born in texas uh looks like he resides in louisville kentucky oh. he looks like he was a fun person to be around oh yeah and just just that well <clears throat> the the fact that that he is a you know minister you know at a church with a, you know, very active congregation, uh, tells you he was just, he was a good guy. You know, kind of, uh, again, like we've talked about, like Bobby Heenan, like Nick Bockwinkel, who we the exact opposite in real life is the character he portrayed. Right. And he, that's what I was going to say. He played a heel yep. almost his whole career. At the very end, he turned, uh, you know, he used his real life minister 
gimmick and uh, became a face, but, you know, always a heel, had a lot of fun on TV. He was somebody who you could tell was speaking off the cuff and, and really it came from him and very natural on TV. Was he brought in as the uh, heir apparent to Freddie Blassie? You know, Blassie had the uh, the fashion plate image and Slick was uh, the modern version of that. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, I can't speak to the, the reasoning he brought in, but you're 100% right. It was always fun to, to interview Slick because he, he loved to talk. I mean, he was, you know, he, he was a great talker where you could relax a little bit because it just kind of had a, a natural flow. He would, you know, get into his character, but he was, you know, even as a heel, he was still kind of a happy-go-lucky kind of guy. Like me. Absolutely. <laughs> Except right. Slick had a lot more style to his dress. Yes, for sure. This is oh, a night. You got a collar on tonight. But this is a telesystem jacket because it's a little chilly down here, even on the East Coast, a little cold today. Yeah, I was going to say we talked about it off air uh, last Monday when we did the show here in, in the Twin Cities. It was sunny in 84. Tonight it's 26 degree wind chill and it's snowing. Terrible. <laughs> And you challenged me for not shaving last week. I got the little beard going. My wife is a, a beard person. I have not been able to successfully grow what? a beard. Your wife has a beard? What? She she enjoys beards on uh, men, but I could never do it. So I'm, uh, I'm into my 40s now. And finally, I have enough to get it done. I need it. Um, and a shout out. And maybe they'll sponsor the show. It's called The Beard Club. And there's this mix of oils and stuff, and um, uh, I, I brush it on there. And after a week, I got I got it where it doesn't look like I'm a prepubescent it, teenager. It, it, it does look uh, you look quite a bit more polished polished this week than than last week's beard. That, yeah, it's got the oil on there, so it's not the the grays aren't all wiry anyway. Nobody See, wants to I, I get a lot of people saying you ought to grow the mustache back, and I'm going, nah, I doubt it because now I come in raw, I'd be all gray, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, uh, and then they're all wiry, and it's hard to get it to go. So, all right. Not that anybody wanted to hear about that. Marvin8876. I wonder if that's his birthday. Uh, I bet you Daniel was born in 8583. Marvin8876. Eighty-seven, six. Happy, uh, happy forty-fifth birthday coming up, Marvin. What's um, what was Kamala like off camera? Uh, Marvin wants to know. I'm uh, sure he wasn't a, his gimmick. That's for sure. No, I, I mean James, good guy, but uh, I, I think one of the reasons he liked that gimmick was James was more of a kind of quiet guy. Um, you know, he he could have been a good talker. Uh, you know, I don't know, but I, I think he enjoyed the fact he didn't really have to, to say a lot. Uh, Mala, um, it was one of my first interviews, if not, I forget, actually Neidhart was my first, my first, uh, radio interview in Philadelphia was Jim Neidhart, but Kamala might've been two or three. And we did a fantastic 45 minute show with Kamala, on Philadelphia radio. And he talked a lot about racism and wrestling in the past. And it's interesting the way things turned out because of all the controversy with Hulk Hogan and 
We could talk about that someday. But he really commended Hulk Hogan for helping to put him over and being such a great guy. Did not speak highly of Andre the Giant. Uh, said Andre was, um, you know, not a very good person and would purposely take advantage of people in the ring. That was something that Kamala said, at least from his viewpoint. Yeah, um, and, and like I said, I, and I think you and I talked about it uh, way back on uh, just our wrestling history back, you know, when we did it just audio and, and took callers, uh, when a lot of that came out about Hulk. Um, and I echo what, you know, Kamala, James Harris said, um, you know, when I was in WWF, uh, Hulk had a big program, uh, not only against, but later teaming up with JYD uh, in yep. the locker room, on interviews, in the ring, you know, on the road. I, I never saw uh, anything but huge respect uh, between Hulk and, and JYD and just echoing exactly what, uh, you know, James Harris said. Um, I, I think a little bit um, Andre, uh, I think, was a little more sensitive towards other wrestlers trying to capitalize on their size. And I, I think there may have been a little of Andre, you know, wanting to, you know, make sure everybody knew who the giant in the deal. Yeah. Was. Well, Bruce Pritchard talks about that with John Studd said Andre just did not like Studd because he was a big guy. Yeah. And yeah. portrayed himself as a giant. But yeah, did you see WrestleMania at all, Hogan? Um, I, I saw the second night. I, in fact, I was really surprised with all the advertising. I thought, you know, you had to have the premium tier of Peacock to, to see it. Um, so I, I didn't have the WWE network. You know, I said, I'm not going to, you know, pay Vince to watch myself on the <laughs> Thank you, NBC, to watch yourself. Yeah, on uh, Sunday night, um, I was going to uh, put on a, a ball game. Uh, you know, so I have uh, Comcast Xfinity. So when I turned it on, you know, I just went to the guide to see what teams, you know, what sports was on, what game I wanted to watch. And it said, you know, WrestleMania, uh, you know, free to view, free to you to view. And I was like, what? So, you know, there was a little, and I clicked on it and, you know, I like right at the beginning and watched the, the in, entire uh, second night. So right on your Comcast, I guess, on demand or guide, you could just go right to Peacock. Um, it, yeah, it, it, but it, it was, I, I knew, you know, I had the, the basic Peacock. I've, I've watched a, a couple shows that, you know, I wanted to see that I hadn't, you know, DVR. You know, the problem with Peacock, you can't fast forward through the commercials. You gotta, I know. And, and it's like. You, you can't know. even pause the live stuff. I mean, you have to. So yeah. like sometimes if, if you're able to cast it, you can do it through your TV, but you can on the phone. It was it's not a good. The WWE Network app was very good. The Peacock app, it leaves a little to be desired. And I don't like all the editing. I know times have changed. I know that you can't. Um, I mean, some of the things that were said back then. Uh, are terrible but I mean they were said and they were on the air and I I think that people should probably learn from them instead of just pretending they didn't happen so I'm not a big fan of the editing they're doing either uh but it, I I'm, I don't like Peacock I'd rather go yeah, back to the I mean, network well, I am 
trying to think, get it not to get off the soda, but the fact you can't fast forward through the commercials. I'm trying to think the last time I watched a, you know, program, not a sporting event, but a, you know, a drama action show in real time, because even if I'm home and can't wait to watch it, I'll wait about 20 minutes before I, I start, you know, the DVR, because then you can fast forward through all the commercials. So like, with all the advertising today, you can watch a 60 minute show in about 40 minutes with right. no problem. Yeah, for sure. But did you see Hogan took some booze when he came out to that Tampa crowd? Yeah. Um, I, it, it surprised me. Um, I do think some of it is the fact, you know, not so much the, the issues on, on, on social media, but I just think most of the WrestleMania fans are the younger generation and they don't want to see some old guy, you know, uh, they put up with me because we, it's wrestling with history, but you know, they, they want to see, uh, you know, young people. Um, but I, I was surprised because Hulk has been a, a Tampa resident for a long, long time. Uh, Titus O'Neill is a Tampa resident and has done so much uh, for charities. Uh, it, it uh, you know, surprised me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was surprised because he's made some other stuff since at other appearances since he came back and, and got a pretty good ovation. But at that at that event, just they weren't they weren't dealing with them. So, well, and, you know, I I think part of it might be also that the fans wanted, you know, there had been, a, you know, it had been raining most of the day, uh, quit, you know, right before. And I think the fans, you know, when they bring out Hulk and Titus, they know they're going to be out there talking for, you know, 10 minutes. And I think part of the viewing was they didn't want to see any hosts. They wanted to get to the matches, you know, <laughs> that most of the fans had been sitting there were drenched. And it's like, I mean, we've talked before, uh, on, you know, a lot of, you know, Raw and SmackDown that there seems to be more talking heads than there is wrestling. So I think part of that booing was just, no, you know, get to the matches. We're soaked. We've been sitting here for two hours. You know, this is not what we paid to see. Vince said, hey, Terry, I know they won't boo you if I dress you up as a pirate tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, when... And <laughs> I, I didn't boo, but when I saw them walk out like that, I just looked at it and I went, seriously? Unbelievable. Great, great card, though, I have to say, uh, and we won't spend much time on it, but WrestleMania exceeded my expectations. I'm not a fan of the new product. I've said that many times, the newer product, and I, I didn't expect to be entertained, and I thought, most of the matches were, were good, well-written, well-produced. And the main event on night two, I thought it was a great touch. It solidified Roman Reigns as a heel. They didn't try to babyface him up. Same thing with Lashley. I think you got the makings. If they can get out of this stupid performance, not, not the performance center, but this stupid Thunderdome stuff and get back in front of fans, yeah. maybe you get some momentum back and you get – get some people that people um, the, the the you know the the matches were good the athleticism you know from today you can't you know i mean the athleticism back in you know my glory years the 80s and 90s can't compare to the athleticism of today uh i'm just 
I, I'm forget, you know, the, the entertainment, you know, high spot, high spot, high spot routine. I'm, I'm not a fan of a triple threat match for a title. It's like, to, to me, I think back, you know, even in WWF, you know, we had the tag team champs, we had the intercontinental champ and the heavyweight champion. Now there, I mean, there was, uh, I, I literally and don't watch the product today that much. I can't keep straight which title goes to which show. And, and there, there's so many belts where the, the, a championship belt, just by the sheer nature, there's so many of them has been diminished. And I don't like further diminishing it where you say a champion can lose the title and doesn't even have to get beat. Right. I, I just, I, I don't like that. And um, when you and I uh, and, and Bill were texting yesterday and, and talking about it, I kind of said, and the new universal champion, the steel chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Two of them. Uh, let's do a couple more and then we'll wrap it up. Eagle 62, would the Hogan-Andre feud have worked with any other manager besides Heenan? Could Jesse, and I'm assuming he meant Jesse Ventura, could Jesse have stepped in and played the role of the manager? Was Jesse ever considered for a manager once he stopped wrestling? I don't know if that was a question for you or Bill, probably not for me, but Ken, you, you were in the WWF with Jesse. Was there ever talk about him being a manager? Um. There was some talk, but I don't think it, it, it really moved forward. Um, I, to answer the question, I would say, I don't think it would have worked near as well for no other reason as great as Jesse was. Jesse, first and foremost, tried to get put himself over. You know, whether it was a commentator, wrestler, you know, whatever. Um, whereas Bobby was all about putting over whoever he was managing and whoever the opponent was. Right. So I just think Bobby was able to sell the feud probably better and certainly more than Jesse would have because I, I think Jesse, this is not a criticism, nothing negative. You know, Jesse's first thought was getting, you know, himself over. Sure. Uh, and I just think unintended, that would have been the consequence of a lot of the interviews. Yeah. You, you think about somebody that may not make many of the peacock episodes but jesse's commentary probably wouldn't withstand the test of time neither would bobby heenan it's almost cringeworthy some of the stuff that was said and uh you're like wow how how could that how could he actually say that yeah uh and uh you know we had uh, uh tito santana on yeah uh, in the earlier shows you know jesse famously was calling him chico santana it ended up getting tito over more <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, kind of an in indirect consequence. I, I do say, having you know known and gotten along great with, with both uh, Bobby and Jesse, because of Bobby's tremendous respect and insight into the business, 
I think Bobby would have been able to adjust his commentary more towards what, you know, today's times, you know, demand. Sure. Yeah. And you've said that before. So, and, and I, 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 I agree. I think, I think they were, they were going off of what was acceptable and not that it's right, but what was acceptable in those days. Yeah. And, and the, the one and only time, you know, I got crosswise with Vince was the interview with the British Bulldogs when I, you know, at their uh, urging referred to Matilda, the real British Bulldog in the whole story, uh, as a bitch. And, you know, I figured because, you know, we're podcast, I could say that. Uh, today, referring to a dog, that wouldn't even raise an eyebrow. Right. But, you know, back then, Vince was not you know, appreciative and made sure he let me know. <laughs> All right. One more. There's two more, two more that, that I have uh, uh, written down or typed up. Uh, but I, I'm going to get to one because the other one I'm going to save and I'll end the show with it. And we can transition this off to uh, probably two weeks from now. But the last one that we'll read is uh, somebody that uh, his handle is Don Callis is not my dad. I don't know if that means that his last name is Callis, but Don Callis is not my dad. It says, can you guys do another show with Adnan now that Abder is with you? No offense to the other guy, but Bill has much better knowledge to ask better questions. I'm assuming he's talking about me, not you. Um, and uh, maybe that's a good idea. We'll see. Uh, uh, the, the only problem is uh, Adnan... Uh, and we still talk every, every couple of weeks, uh, you know, and I've been very, you know, upfront. I mean, I'm, I love him to death. He's, you know, truly like uh, a, a brother. Um, Adnan has a cell phone. That's it. He has no computer. He has no internet. <laughs> there, you know, if, if to, even if you sent Adnan the computer, he doesn't have the internet to, to Zoom. Uh, and while I am certainly somewhat technologically challenged, there is zero chance of getting him on. <laughs> well, we can get him the call-in number. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be the only way. I mean, we could, you know, get, you know, Adnan to, well, if you remember, I, I think, you know, we, we called him. Yes, uh, and we still had challenges with right, him exactly. dropping. Yeah. Exactly, so, you know, I, I mean, uh, I agree. Terrific idea. But uh, the the only way is maybe, you know, down the road, if, if things are going well and Bach can a, afford, you know, the, the cost. Uh, if we go to some convention that Adnan is on, I'm sure we could do it that way. But yeah, that, might be the, that might be the sole shot. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Don Callis is not my dad. Uh, Jody Lee from Tennessee. I, that, that also sounds like a name that I'd challenge, uh, but that's a, that's a nice moniker, Jody. How did the friendship between Gorilla and Bobby develop? Were they friends before Bobby came to the WWE? And I'd like for you guys to do a show on Gorilla. Now, the last part is where I'll say, I think that's a good idea. And maybe we'll do that in, uh, in a couple of weeks. We got to do Roddy Piper, but Gorilla is somebody who I know Ken has spent a lot of time with, did commentary with, and Bill Apter probably has spent some time with as well. So we'll work on you. We'll work on that for you, Jody. But Ken, closing out the show, uh, 
the friendship between Gorilla and Bobby, was was that something that developed after Bobby left the AWA and went to WWE? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if they had ever even met before, um, but it was, they, they bonded. Um, I think they both recognized that, I mean, they're just like cream and sugar and coffee. They, they just fit. Uh, and I have had so many people say those lines they came up with on primetime, they had to all be rehearsed and they weren't, I, I was there. They just played so well off each other. And they were both so such tremendous talent in their own right and they they just fit um you know i uh there have been a a lot of great broadcasting duos in in wrestling over the years to to say the least but for my money um bobby and gorilla just are absolutely at the top of the charts and and i would tell people that if i was home you know the matches on primetime were obviously all, you know, taped ahead of time in almost, you know, 80% of the matches, a lot of which, you know, I called with gorilla. I would watch primetime, not for the matches because I was, you know, there when they were taped and had already, you know, watched them live, but I would tune in just for the back and forth between Bobby and gorilla, you know, between the matches yeah Uh, and one of my favorites um i happened to see it and i absolutely cracked up um gorilla was throwing to an interview i had done and you know i'd been working with gorilla and that was just gino and i he just you know threw it out he said and now let's go to my good friend you know ken resnick with such and such and bobby immediately just chimed in that was was, well he's my friend too (laughs) (laughs) they just that was it it's like God, I wish I had that, you know, episode on tape somewhere. And you could have gotten it on the WWE Network, but Peacock has taken most of the stuff that we came to love away. No, no picking on Peacock. Well, you know, um, and and you're right, but I've got to believe that WWE signed off on that or, or kind of what they wanted um i i have a hard time believing that peacock just arbitrarily said hey all these great old shows we're just not going to air well they probably said we're striking you a big check and we're going to do whatever we want to do and (laughs) well i I mean if if you think about it and you know a little bit you know having been involved in syndication way back um Peacock really doesn't care that much about content. They care about numbers right? and subscribers. Um, And so many people, you know, like yourself, you know, love watching the old stuff. Um, And we've talked about before in today's WWE, there's, you know, a a lot of, of great stars but I challenge anybody to name the, the two or three superstars. Right. Yeah. And I think some of it might be, you know, all this great old stuff in somewhat, some ways diminishes our current product. So I, 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 I think WWE was, was probably 
involved in that decision because I can't imagine Peacock, you know, the old, I don't think they would cut off their nose to spite their face that, you know, if that, if, if they thought, uh, you know, they're not going to take down, you know, like no network, you know, other than maybe Hawaii Five O, uh, which was, you know, the, the somewhat lesser co-stars of the show wanted the same money and just, it became, you know, financially, you know, not possible to continue to produce it, pay what everybody wanted. So, you know, they said, we're done. Uh, but, you know, there's no production cost in any of those shows. I mean, it's in the library. So it's all done. Yeah, I, I, I'm guessing WWE, for whatever reason, was at least involved in that decision to take a lot of the old stuff off. For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Well, there you go. Maybe it'll come back. Maybe it won't. Well, only time will tell. And that'll wrap it up for this week of Wrestling with History. We got through a lot of the uh, acceptable mail. We get a lot of junk here too. So uh, keep sending it in and we'll pick the ones that are acceptable to air. If you swear, if you're uh, really upset with somebody, either somebody we talked about or one of us, I'm not going to read it. So you can send it all you want. Remember, uh, spend the $3, do premium. It's only $3 a month. It's less than a good cup of coffee. You get all of our stuff commercial free. You get uh, videos of a lot of the shows, including not just this, but think about Shelly Martinez. Have you ever seen those trailers? Uh, you get a whole show of Shelly and Danielle talking about what they do on a daily basis. You go inside of her life and, and there's just so much stuff that we have to offer. And uh, Ken, I had a good time with, uh, it was just like the old times, just you and I today. It was, and, and to our listeners or viewers, like, where's Waldo? Let us know if anybody has a Bill after sighting. He's on assignment. <laughs> All right, that'll wrap it up for this week. Next week, we promise we're going to do Roddy Piper and Bill and Ken will all be here, uh, God willing. Uh, I get my shot next Tuesday. It's the Pfizer shot. I was scheduled for Johnson & Johnson today, Ken, or tomorrow, and they shut it down. Well, consider yourself lucky. Uh, I, I, not casting aspersions on the J&J shot, you know, the, the blood clotting issue aside, but uh, there's been no side effects from Pfizer or Moderno. Uh, I was very glad that I got the two Pfizer shots. And I think uh, consider yourself lucky if you have to wait one more week, uh, but are going to get either Moderno or uh, Pfizer. 
wait a week and drive two hours to get it. But listen, the Pfizer shot, I think the side effects are like 1% and they're relatively minor. So I'll, uh, I'll go with that. God willing, we'll be back here next week to talk about Roddy Piper with Bill, with Ken. But that's it for this week. Thanks for everybody who tuned in. Remember to check out all the great programming on VOC Nation at VOCNation.com. All of our stuff's on one feed. So subscribe to VOC Nation Wrestling Network on your favorite podcast app. You get every one of our shows, all of our talent. You go behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. And you can see Bruce's well-oiled beard. $3 a month. For Killer Ken Resnick, I'm the voice of choice, Bruce Wirt, that nobody wants to see or hear from. We'll talk to you next week on Wrestling With History. Bye-bye. Don't you dare miss it. Right here is the future of wrestling.